everyone. Welcome to the Chica Travel Podcast. My name is Lelo B. Thank you once more for tuning in and for the feedback on last week's episode with Dalani. Yo, it was overwhelming and I'm so, so grateful for all the feedback. I also want to give a special shout out this week to a couple of you guys that always, always tell me your feedback on, on the episode. Um, and a special shout out to Ed Molite Molebati, Ed Toby Rose, who's also a travel content creator. Thank you, boo. Ed Lewis since 88, my brother from the UAE, Ed Dumisho 11, Ed Bonga underscore 2902, Ed Ipeleng 101, Ed Princess underscore Mbali. And everyone who likes, who comments, who retweets. And um, yeah, I just want to say thank you for all the love that you give to this podcast. It means so, so much. Also, guys, um, <laughs> thank you for not complaining about the sound. I know last week's episode was not that great, but you guys were all just about the content. You didn't say anything, but I noticed and I have luckily figured out what the issue was, but I only figured out the issue after I had already recorded this episode that you're about to listen to, as well as the one for next week. So two episodes from now, it should all be super amazing because I've now hopefully fixed it. And Askisiman, and thank you so much for your understanding. Um, the thing about this virtual thing, I miss being in the studio because the sound is like crispy clear and I'm face to face with the guests. So the conversation flows a bit better than the, it does in this virtual, you know, world. But I mean, we are here now, so we have to make it work. So yeah, hopefully the next couple of episodes will sound a lot better than um, the one you listened to last week. So for this week's episode, it's another beautiful one. I am chatting to Senzim Tembu, one of my favorite, favorite travel content creators. And she's also one of the brave ones to leave SA during COVID and travel overseas. Uh, well, she traveled to Senegal and is here to give us all the details. She's going to be telling us where she went in Senegal, what she did, how she got there, how much she paid. Listen, everything you need to know, she's going to tell us all about it. And if there's something that I did not cover in my questions, please go scroll through her Instagram because she really, really was generous and she put everything, everything out there. So here's my conversation with Sanzi. She is such a joy to listen to. Sanzi, come back. <laughs> Enjoy, guys. Welcome to the Chica Travel Podcast. Hi, Lelo. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I had to have you. I had to have you. <laughs> You've been like giving us so much travel for more. I mean, your trip to Central, <laughs> girl. You had a best Ish. December, ne? <laughs> I really did have an amazing December. You're in the middle. I'm actually lucky. In the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Taking chances. 
Thank you so much for agreeing to have the conversation with me. I mean, we all saw your pictures from Senegal and I just knew, I was like, okay, she needs to come. I've had a conversation here about Senegal before, but okay. I was like, okay, we need to have like an in-depth, in-depth uh, conversation. Because I think when I had a guest here, Marang, we spoke about Senegal and then we spoke about Ethiopia in one episode. So, you know, when you have mm. uh, destinations in one episode, you can't really give a full focus on, on the destination. So... Oh. Before we get started, you went to Senegal alone over the Christmas period. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I mean, I wanted to take a solo trip. The the main reason for why I went to Senegal is I wanted to take a solo trip. um, But this time I wanted it to be on the continent and I wanted to feel challenged. So I had been to East Africa I felt like Southern Africa was a safe choice. So then I decided West Africa would be a nice challenge for me Um, for a number of reasons, you know, one being the language barrier in Senegal. Mm. I actually welcomed it. Like I welcomed the challenge of not being able to speak the language there and just being in a different region on the continent. Mm. Um, I was initially supposed to go in April And then, as you know, COVID hit, we were in lockdown, there were travel restrictions. So I had been following up with the airlines, like trying to figure out when I can travel next and just waiting for the time when travel restrictions would allow me to to go to Senegal. And it happened. And so I just decided, you know what, I don't want to wait until 2021. Let me just take the trip now in December. Wow. And it was... That's really it. Okay. And then what, what airline did you go with? Was it a direct flight? And where did you fly no. to? So it was with Sky Airlines. Um, I think at the time when I purchased the flight, it was the cheapest. Yeah. And I'm not really fussy about how I get there. I just want to get there. Yes. I heard terrible reviews about this airline. So I was scared as hell. Um, <laughs> I heard it's like it's an air taxi that, you know, the food is disgusting, that um, your baggage will, your luggage will be lost. Mm. But I just went with it anyways. And the experience wasn't bad. Okay. Wasn't what bad at all. This airline? Because I have never heard this name. It's Askai Airlines. It's based in Togo. So the layover is in uh, Lome, Togo. Mm. Yeah. Okay, and and how was your experience though? I mean, after having read those reviews, you were brave enough to still go with them. How was your actual experience? So the experience going there was perfectly okay. There were there were no delays. I actually had the best breakfast that I've had in a plane. What? Um, I traveled with snacks because I was worried. <laughs> <laughs> but the breakfast, like, you know, sometimes the eggs on the airline is like so stiff and stale that you don't even want to eat it. Mm-hmm. These eggs, they made an omelet. It was so delicious. Um, the only issue that I had with the airline was on the way back to South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you saw in my stories, I actually missed my return flight, had to purchase a new one. Um, and then there were delays. There was a three hour delay. Um, I returned to Joburg on the 31st of December, mm. hoping that by the time it was Happy New Year, I would be home with family. Mm. But it didn't happen that way. <laughs> sure. 
So, yeah. okay, but you managed to find your way back because I saw your story where you were talking about all these delays and the test and everything. And I was like, but why is she so chilled? <laughs> <laughs> she was so chilled about it all. <laughs> For all of that to happen while you're in Senegal and like after being in such a beautiful and calm, chilled country with amazing people, hmm. you just also... I don't know, like it just makes you really relaxed and, and you actually feel blessed to be experiencing all those challenges in such a beautiful country, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure. So, so, yeah. so when you went now in December, obviously your planning would have been a bit different to, you know, the April planning because mm. it happened and a lot changed and so on. So what was different about, you know, how you usually plan for your research for your trip to mm. how, was, how was it different this time around with, with COVID in the mix? Mm. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I didn't have a lot of time to plan, you know, even though, you know, initially I had started my planning ages ago, yeah. I left all of that, you know, during lockdown. And then it was a very last minute decision. Um, I think November, December is when I decided, okay, I'm going to change the dates. And then I had to restart doing the research. One of the things that I do is like, I make connections with people on social media. So I'm getting real time updates on the situation in Senegal. Um, I also had to email the embassy to ask about what the requirements were, um, but in terms of like my, what am I going to do in Senegal? I did change that slightly um, and ended up going with three regions, um, Dakar, an area called Chess, and then St. Louis. Whereas initially I was going to go to the south of Senegal to an area called Casamans, um, just very beautiful, lots of nature, uh, waterfalls, a bunch of different things and a lot of culture there as well. Mm. So that was the one thing that changed in my plans. Um, but I just, you know, I didn't, I wasn't as detailed as I usually would be with the planning and I didn't have as much time, but I just kind of left it to the universe and to God. And I was like, I'll figure out the rest when I get there. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as the basics are sorted, as long as I have my flight, as long as I know where I'm staying, mm. um, and, you know, have a general sense of what I'll be doing there, then I'm fine. I'll see the rest when I get there. Mm, okay cool i think that's that that's that's an ideal approach because you can't really plan everything to the t because you can't really mm. the place you know to the max in in that in that way so how mm-hmm. how long was the total trip in senegal and when it comes to accommodation what was your um what what was what was your thinking in terms of okay, these are the kind of places i'm looking for and yeah. where did you end up staying yeah so my travel dates were the 17th to the 27th I always like to make it like a little bit over a week Mm. um, but I ended up in total staying there for two weeks because of the missing my flight and all of that Mm. Um, and accommodation wise like I said when I visit a new country I'm always trying to I'm always trying to visit like two to three different regions in a country you know so you know, like when we when we tell people visit South Africa, we don't just want them to go to the Western Cape. Yes. You know, like it doesn't give you a full picture of what there is to see in that country. So 
I picked my three regions, um, you know, for Dakar, I was going to stay in a hotel. Mm-hmm. I stayed at Onomo Hotel because I had stayed at an Onomo Hotel before in another African country mm-hmm. in Kigali. So it felt familiar to me. I was like, I know Onomo, I know the brand. I have a general sense of what the hotel design is going to be like. They're quite reputable. So I decided to stay there. Um, and then in the chess region, I checked on Airbnb and I just really looked for something that was in my price range, um, something that felt like me, that was relaxing um, and that was close to the beach. Mm. Um, and then I also stayed at a, at a villa, like a boutique hotel slash villa. Mm. Soft life. It was very nice. <laughs> um, beautiful accommodation. And then the last place was St. Louis. I stayed um, at Siki Hotel. Mm-hmm. So I just there, I, I checked, like, what are the reviews? What are the best hotels to stay in in St. Louis that are centrally located? Um, and, yeah, I just, I settled on Siki Hotel. It had a nice vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's really how I made my accommodation choices. And then getting and it worked out. I was I was happy. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, we also from your social media. Like <laughs> we all want to go. We all want to go where you went. Like I think I one of my comments on your on your page was, look, I wasn't planning on Senegal anytime soon, but now it needs to yeah. happen. <laughs> it needs to happen. Ah, oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> you totally influenced us. But now, <laughs> how how are you getting around? I mean, from one region mm. to another. Mm, yeah yeah so so initially i would have been open to kind of using a mix of public transportation and private transportation but because it was covid i was like i need to be safe yeah and i need this to be as convenient as possible so getting a private driver was the best option for me. I didn't want to go the option of renting a car because I think they drive, do they drive on the other side of the, like, yeah, it's different. I never different from drive in, in other countries. <laughs> Can I just be <laughs> Exactly. I don't want to drive in another country. No. <laughs> so I got a driver. Um, how did you get a driver? Like, how did you know where to go? Driver? Did you get one of your Instagram friends to help you out? No, no. So with this one, I, I was on, I was on the internet looking for those options, and I think TripAdvisor. There were a lot of comments, and people were recommending this guy. Mm-hmm. His name is Yusu, and a lot of Europeans were recommending him. Um, giving reviews about where they went with him, how traveling with him gave them access to so many different experiences and locations because he drives a four by four Toyota and wah, 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 wah. So I got his contact details and I contacted him, asked him for a rate. I gave him the route. So I said, "I, I will need transport from this place to this place on this date and then this place to this place. And then he gave me his quote. And the other thing that I did was I contacted um, a lady who has a travel and tour company, but 
she was going to charge me about 16,000 alone for transport. 16,000 what? Rands? 16,000 rand. Oh. When I did the conversion, I was like, what? <laughs> no. Mm-mm. And what I learned, what I learned about how they do this is when you take a private driver with his car, he has to come with you to those locations and he needs accommodation and he needs all of that as well because these places are not close to each other. So you end up paying for his services, the transport and his accommodation and other things. And I decided, no, 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 that's not in my budget. Um, negotiated with the original guy, Yusu, and it ended up working out to about 3,000 something. For the whole trip, wow. For the whole, like, three, it was three major trips, three or four major trips, mm. long-distance trips. That's so that's what I did. Um, it helped that he could speak English. Mm. Um, he had been doing this for many, many years. He was very experienced. His car had aircon. It was comfortable. That's how I got around for the bigger kind of trips, for the smaller trips. I also used like a personal taxi because there's no Uber there. Okay. There's no Uber in Dakar. Um, so even in the city, you have different options for getting around. There's public transport. Um, there's the, the normal like yellow cabs, mm. yellow and black cabs, where you negotiate the rates, you get in and they take you where you need to go. Mm. But I just decided to get a personal driver there as well. I guess that does make sense. But now just just thinking about how what what is it like there covid wise are people um wearing mm. masks all over what are the restrictions like? Yeah, I was so impressed um you know most people wore masks. They they're taking covid very seriously. I think they are also quite heavily influenced by the French. Mm-hmm. So what I got from locals is they were quite frustrated that the restrictions were so hard and heavy. Um, the number of cases there is so much lower than it is in South Africa, but their response is very serious. Wow. The curfew there was 11.30, mm. 11.30 p.m. Um, you know, there were still alcohol sales. They don't have a problem with alcohol like we do in South Africa. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and yeah, like your drivers would wear masks. Most people were wearing masks. Um, I found them to be quite efficient, even in the COVID testing. Mm. Um, yeah, it was it was really it was really a breeze and impressive. Okay, that's awesome. Do you have you? I hope you have um, highlights on your on your page for for this trip, so people can go and just listen to what you are talking about in terms of testing mm. and all of that. Because I want to focus mm. more on the on the destination now. Yeah, yeah. You do have those, right? I have a post actually that I I wrote a post about the the kind of the logistics and the testing and all of that, and I'll keep sharing more as well. Okay, awesome. So, okay, yeah. now about the three regions that you went to. Maybe let's start with the first one with Dakar. So, what were your highlights of you know being there? I think my I think the best thing for me about being in Dakar is my social media friends were there (laughs) so (laughs) so just mainly just getting to connect with 
people, you know, yeah. like in a very normal way, um, not in a touristic, in a touristy way was my favorite part. I ended up being invited to a Senegalese wedding. Oh, wow. <laughs> so those kind of experiences for me were the highlights. Um, but just in terms of like what I did and what you can do in, in Dakar, um, I visited... Um, I visited the the African Renaissance monument. I think that's a very popular kind of landmark. I visited it just because my friend asked me to visit, not because I had a particular interest in in going there. But it was an impressive monument, you know. Um, and then I also visited the Museum of Black Civilization. Mm-hmm. I think I spent like two and a half hours in there and I found that very interesting. Um, you know, all our kind of African history summed up in one museum. Um, I also found Senegal to be very pan-African. So there were a lot of like monuments and there's a, a place where they kind of commemorate African leaders and not just political leaders, but even musical leaders. And South Africans were present there, you know? Um, they know our music, they know our history. I just find that really beautiful, you know, that there's an acknowledgement of um, African greats. Um, and then I also visited a place called Ngor Island. Yes, I've heard about it. I loved it. I loved it so much. Um, a friend who recommended it said it reminded him of Lamu Island. Mm-hmm. And so I had to go because I love Lamu. So I had to visit Ngor Island. Um, it's very, I think the art scene there is quite big. There's a lot of artists who have studios there. Um if you if you visit the other side of Ngor Island, like if you go to the back of the island, mm-hmm. it's so beautiful. It is so beautiful. Like you can see the ocean, you can see the westernmost point of Africa. Um, it's just it was it was really beautiful. Um, I also did Gore Island, which I think we all know about. Yes, and then Sandaga Market. So. That's like the a really big market if you want to do all your shopping for clothing, fabrics, um, souvenirs, all that stuff. You can do it there. Um, and I also visited some of the mosques. It sounds like there is quite a lot to do. It really just depends yeah. on what you're interested in. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And I think even skipping all those things, like skipping all the things that we're told you must visit this place, yeah. you still get a beautiful experience of the city. Mm. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that's just basic highlights. Obviously, there's a whole lot more. The second one? The second one... Um, the second one, by the time I reached there, I was tired. <laughs> How many days did you spend in Dakar? So I spent four days, ah, okay. four full days in Dakar, and yeah, then took the road trip. Weddings and things, of course, you'd be tired, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this is when I decided, you know what, I need to 
travel slow, yes. um, take things easy, you know. Mm. Um, I did visit a place called um, Lagoon de la Simon, and I did a boat cruise um, through some mangroves. Mm, what? That was quite beautiful and calming and relaxing. Um, and then for two, three days in that area, um, in two different accommodations, I just relaxed. Mm-hmm. I had access to the beach. Wow. And I walked around. Um, I explored the village. And that's really all that I did. Nothing touristy. Um, visited some, some good restaurants. Um, I can't remember the name of this restaurant, but I'll share on my Instagram. Do you think the fact that you were traveling alone made mm. it for you to just be even more relaxed? Because when you're with people, there's always that, mm. what are we doing today? Yes, you are spot on. You are so spot on. Like being traveling solo meant that I could listen to, I could listen to my needs, you know, when I felt tired or when I felt like I wanted to rest. I could do that. There was no pressure to continuously move around and to have a busy itinerary every day. Yeah. Um, and that's what I really love about traveling solo. Sure. Is it's your own pace, your own decisions. Yeah, I, I actually, I think, you know, I miss traveling solo. And I think, mm. <laughs> I think I should do it and not tell people and tell people when I come back. But as soon as you say you want to travel somewhere, people are like, oh, can I come with? Can I come with? Let's do it together. No. So, <laughs> I'm just going to disappear. And then people will see when I'm there. I actually live Because <laughs> I miss, I mean, you know, you talking about, you know, oh, I was just able to you know, just chill and do this. It's like, oh, I would love that actually. But like, I kind of find mm. whenever I go to any of our African countries, like, I've mm. never gone to a place where people are not nice or I come back saying mm. everywhere I go, I kind of feel like people are always so welcoming and so receptive. Mm. Is that your experience as well with other African countries? That has, it has been my experience and it's, it's becoming so difficult to say like, where are the friendliest people or where are the most hospitable people? Mm. But I'm sure Senegal, you know what, being, being a French, a, a country that was colonized by the French, yeah. and so us being English-speaking tourists mm. in a place where language-wise there's so much difference. Mm-hmm. I think East Africa, we have a lot of similarities. Yeah. Um, you know, the Bantu languages there's you know when they speak Swahili we understand a lot of what they're saying and even historically there's a lot of um history and and stuff that we share Mm -hmm. so I felt like going to West Africa I didn't know if that was going to be there you know if that hello Mkaya feeling was going to be there but you're right I think it's an African thing Mm. that we are just hospitable people I I do think though the, the level of generosity and the level of kind of hand-holding, I want to help you, mm. for me was very intense in Senegal in a way that really surprised me. Wow. You know, like I had one day where my driver literally took my hand mm. and wanted to get me to my hotel. So we had to cross the road. 
and he took my hand and he wanted to get me there safely. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then I had two experiences where I was invited um, to share lunch with people. You know, these are people I've never met. Wow. They were just like, it's lunchtime, let's eat. Big plates of food. Mm-hmm. They gave me spoons. Even at a market, there was a lady who was selling something that's like coconuts. Uh-huh. And just because I was curious, she opened it up. She wanted me to taste it. Wow. So, and during COVID, like, I didn't expect that level of... Just still openness. Openness during COVID, you know? Like, I thought the trust issues would be, you know, I thought people would be reserved. I thought people wouldn't want to interact. So I was really surprised by that. Sure. Uh, it really does sound like you had the most amazing time. <laughs> mm. And you mentioned that like, with your visa, it was a visa on arrival. That you yes. Had. There was no need to yes. all of that before you went. Yes. Mm. Yes. Okay. I, I do think like we should be always extra prepared and, you know, have our ducks in a row, have all our documents. Just in case, because you never know. It might have just been that I was lucky, that my experience was so smooth. Yeah. Um, but it is visa on arrival for South Africans, and we don't have to pay. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, St. Louis, I love the, Louis, the content. You love it? I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it is about it? Those buildings are like old, beautiful buildings. Yeah. What was... <laughs> Tell us about St. Louis. These, colon- these colonial, yeah, these colonial buildings. Hey, so it's it, they're beautiful buildings and they're old buildings, and obviously the history is of colonialism. But it's just beautiful to see Senegalese people occupying these buildings and living in this place, mm. and just the the for me. St. Louis felt like the cultural, cultural, creative, artistic hub of Senegal. I mean, I obviously haven't been to all of Senegal, so I can't say that. But there was a different feeling in St. Louis, like an openness about people in St. Louis that was even more than what I experienced everywhere else. Um. I visited um, a museum of photography there. Mm-hmm. That was really beautiful. So I feel like, and there's a lot of art studios. There's a lot of arts and crafts going on there. Um, there's a lot of fishing also that takes place there. A mm. um, lot, you know, fishermen villages and just seeing how they live. And then I also did a, like this immer- immersive um music experience where I played the kora, my favorite instrument. Wow. My favorite wow. instrument. So I did that and that was really cool. St. Louis has a jazz festival, mm-hmm. but obviously because of COVID that didn't happen this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year. Oh, okay. So maybe something worth noting for, for, for the yes. people who are planning to go there go around that time. Yo, mm. listen, girl, you had the most fun in this place. So I am. Um, I listen. I'm. To- you know what? I'm gonna show you. I'm just gonna show. You. I'll just tag you, and I'm then like, hi. Guess who's inside? Yes. 
But now, if I'm planning uh, to go there, what would mm. be your five tips that you would give mm. to me if I'm planning to go there? I know you've mentioned quite a lot of helpful stuff, but if there's anything else, yeah. like five things that you would say, definitely do this if you're planning a trip to Senegal, what would uh, those things, things be? Yeah, I think um, doing your research around, which I didn't have too much time to do, but doing your research around the cost of living. So, you know, sometimes we focus on currency and like, is my currency stronger? Is my currency weaker? But it's not about that. It's about the cost of living. Mm. Like, how much does local food cost versus how much does restaurant food cost? Just to get your bearings right so you don't get surprised, you know, by um, the money issues. Um, I think it's important to have a local contact either a friend or a tour guide mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because the language, the language thing is a thing. It is a thing, mm. you know, I'm not going to kind of downplay it and say it, 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 that challenge doesn't exist, yeah. but I will say that it's not as big as we think it is. Like in our minds, we think if we can't speak the language, we can't connect. That's not true. Mm. Um but for me, it was helpful to have someone who can speak English yeah. telling me about the place, making me understand the context in that country. Mm. Otherwise, you're just, you know, going on the surface and seeing beautiful things. Mm. Um, so I would say that get a tour guide, get a local friend or someone who can help you navigate mm. or at least explain some things. Um, I would say have an understanding of money and the cost of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, another tip would just to be open-minded. Like, yes, people are going to approach you. They're going to want you to spend money at their, at their store or the market. But there are some people who just want to have a chat with you, you know, where it's not, it's not transactional. And I think the most beautiful connections and moments happen when you're Mm -hmm. open-minded. I would say also make an effort to speak the language, even if it's three words in French or in Wolof that you learn. Yeah. You know, saying hello. Mm -hmm. It just makes your smile more genuine when you you make an effort, you know, with the language. That's absolutely. Um, awesome. They appreciate. Yeah, it. and I exactly people appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, look, I don't know if you are comfortable answering this question. I'd never know whether it's it's a good. I mean, maybe not good. Question, <laughs> but, but it's something. I'm so chilled. It's 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 something people, my travelers, my listeners want to know. If okay. They are planning a seven day trip to Senegal. What is mm-hmm. the what well, with the similar type of itinerary to yours, what's mm-hmm. the uh, minimum budget that you would uh, advise for that? Okay, okay. So one thing I still need to do is to do a recon of all my expenses. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me say to give to give them an idea, mm-hmm. accommodation, um, decent accommodation. You can budget between a thousand and one point five just for decent standard accommodation i think if you want one night yeah one night i think if you want soft living Mm. 
you can put it up to 2,000, 2.5. Okay, cool. That's not bad for soft living. <laughs> it's not bad. You know. I mean, if we're talking soft, 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 then obviously <laughs> that will be more. The place that I stayed at um, in Chase, La Villa, La Villa Maison, I did tag them. So I nice. think... I think it's about 2.5 and I can't remember if it's per person or per, per room. Yeah. That's, that's but yeah, around 2.5. Mm. Um, and then, so that's accommodation. Just for decent, I mean, if you're planning to explore and you're not planning to live in your accommodation, you know, 24-7, then you don't have to go the extravagant route. Um, but those options are there. So 2.5, 3K for nice living. 1.5 for decent living. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's accommodation. Flights, depending on how long you want your layover to be and all of that. My flight, my return flight was about, I'll round it up to 9K. And that was the, obviously the cheaper airline. Mm-hmm. Um, and with a layover. For food, um, for local food, I paid about 40, 50 rand for local food at a local establishment. So not fancy, no frills. And at a restaurant, I think the most I paid was about 500 rand. But that was a like a many course dinner. Mm-hmm. So that gives people an estimate of the range, right? Like, yeah. And you can mix it up so that it fits within your budget to have a nice meal at a beautiful restaurant with drinks versus just having local dish at a local restaurant. Um, so, yeah. Okay, no, thank you. And That's then I think that gives people an idea, yeah. you know, absolutely of how much to budget. Did you enjoy the food? I did enjoy the food. I, I found it interesting that couscous was like a local dish kind of a thing like a staple there couscous i found that interesting um my favorite dish was the chicken yasa it looks delicious yeah yeah you're googling it does it have uh do they have olives what's that do they have or is it a different type of variation that the onion i mean olives are probably a thing because of the french French and North African influences. Mm, mm. Um, baguettes are a thing. You know that bread that is like yeah. a French bread, French loaf. Oh. That's a thing. Croissants are a thing. Mm. Um, crepes. So those really thin pancakes are a thing there. Mm. All the French, you know, the things that were, I've never been to France, but I know like, all the things that are traditionally French are the norm in Senegal just because of, you know, the history and the influence. Um, And then fish also, like you have to have fish and seafood when you're in Senegal because it's coastal and they get a lot of fresh fish. Mm. And the local dish, the national dish is basically like a kind of like a jollof rice thing with fish and a lot of vegetables, like different vegetables. Healthy eating. 
Okay, awesome. So, so since anything that I didn't ask you about Senegal, well, maybe not really Senegal, but the place that you went to, because you can't really talk about the whole country. Um, yeah. But what do you think you think people should know if they are planning to visit? Or you kind of covered? Um, I think you've covered most things. I think also another thing that like people can look forward to one of the kind of traditions or things that you'll see like when you get there is the drinking of um, tea and coffee like throughout the day there's these informal tea coffee station things and like yeah I think that's part of the culture you know drinking tea together or someone inviting you to drink tea (laughs) wow (laughs) it's really cool Some I really like that. Vibe. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm the one to drink tea the whole day. So <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's hot. <laughs> even now I'm having tea and it's hot. So, <laughs> so you'll fit in. I'll be, I'll be good right there. Thank you so, so much, firstly, for all the info you've just shared now in Senegal. It's really awesome. I think people are going to enjoy it. So, My pleasure. Uh, and then with, uh, are you planning to leave the country soon? again or where in SA are you planning to go next so locally like I said Eastern Cape and then also Northern Cape and I want to do the Karoo area I don't have like specifics but for some reason that area interests me um and like you said just uncovering the parts of South Africa that aren't given enough um so after stage yeah. My conversation with you, I've got a conversation scheduled with these two ladies that travel. I'm sure you know them, but I won't mention the names. <laughs> so they are going to talk to me about the Karoo. And Ooh, yes. excited. So that at least will give you and I something yes. <laughs> to, 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 to look forward to in terms of what they're to do in the Karoo, getting there and all of that. So, um, because it's also an area that I don't really know much about, but, you know, from seeing yeah. here and there, I kind of got curious to, 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 to mm. about this place so mm. Yeah. Mm. okay i'm excited too. <laughs> me too anyway yeah. Sandy, thank you so so much for this beautiful conversation i really appreciate thank it so you much. so i will send all my listeners to your page for all the beautiful places that you travel to and i really really like your page i must say i like that mm. you you take okay you are a researcher by profession i think yeah i am so you can see from your post <laughs> person did not just wake up and put this like she's got this world of information that you share about you know the places that you go to and how your yeah. are. oh my goodness i wish i had the energy and the and the time <laughs> to write like you do <laughs> it but, just happens yeah. like it's just i reflect a lot and it just happens yeah, no, I love it. It's but really- I appreciate that. Yeah, no, thank you so, so much, man. I'm so glad we got to talk. Hopefully, we'll get to meet in person one of these days again or yes. travel together. You never know. So, we're putting it out there. Yes. Yes. Amen. So, thank you. Thank you, my love. Have a good day. Thanks so much, Lolo. You too. Bye. Much Bye. love. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. We will catch up again next week. But in the meantime, if you listen on Apple, please leave a review and comment. It helps other people find the podcast as well if you do that. So I appreciate that very much. And also you can find us on social media at Chica Travel Pod, hashtag Chica Travel Pod. Until next week, goodbye.